Peter, who walked the earth with Jesus as one of his 12 disciples, leaves us two letters where he instructs us how to live a life where we thrive. So I encourage you to join us as we go through the final lessons that come from Peter. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the uh, Care Ministries podcast here at Brookwood Church. And uh, excited to be with you again as we start a new series on the book of Peter. And uh, we're actually going to go through First uh, Peter and Second Peter. And uh, we're calling this series Thrive, the final lesson from Peter. And uh, as always, I'm here with uh, Josh Masters and Hello. Doug Wildman. Hey. Our associate care pastors. And uh, I'm Gene Beckner, and I'm the care pastor. So we also have Joshua Taylor at the helm here. Uh, he's going to make us sound and look good he on this podcast. Time. He does. So before we get into the actual, um, the two messages that we're going to talk about today, we want to give you a little um, background information and guys feel free to pop in if you want to. So Peter is writing to uh, the people in uh, what is considered Northern Asia. And that would be uh, modern-day Turkey. And one of the reasons why what he is saying is so important is because um, the area that he's writing to is off the beaten path. So it has not been evangelized much. So there's there's a lot of um, secularism, uh, humanism and uh, in that area. So those folks would have needed to be uh, encouraged um, as, we're, again, we're talking about thriving um, – they would have needed that because they would have been up against a lot of opposition. And that's what he basically is saying at the very beginning of the letter is as he's trying to encourage them really about who they were. You know, he doesn't he doesn't really talk much at the beginning about uh, who they're talking to, but he's talking more about, hey, I'm talking uh, about who you are. And so uh, – one thing to notice, too, before we get started in earnest, really, is if you've never really taken time to slow down and read through the Bible, uh, I would encourage you to do so as we go through Peter, because there's not, it's, it's not a lot of pages. You know, right. the, the two books aren't very long, but they are pretty dense, mm-hmm. and so they're full of a lot of stuff. So I just encourage you that, you know, that's why we're not doing the whole thing in like a week or two. You know, we're going to take our time. So I would encourage you to, that if, if you listen to this and you're reading along, that you take some time with it. And again, we're always saying, ask God, God, what is it that you're trying to say to me? Um, because we could probably find some similarities in our culture to the one that Peter's referring to as well, too, because mm-hmm. we're becoming more and more secular. Um, and so it was also believed that this was written about 60 AD. So this would have been a couple of decades after you know Jesus had ascended back to heaven. And the, the church, as always, was experiencing some trials. And mm-hmm. so I, I love what Peter says at the very beginning. Um, and then I'm going to hand this, this off to Josh. And we're right at the beginning of, of First Peter in the, the first three or four verses there, first two verses. He says, and I'm using the uh, NLT, uh, feel free to use whichever one you want. Because um, we can't really stop them. This is true. They can use whatever they want. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he says, God the Father knew you and chose you long ago, and His Spirit has made you holy. And as a result, you have obeyed Him and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. May God give you more and more grace and peace. And I think that's just a 
beautiful way to start this letter to them because he's he's referencing the fact that God knew you past tense and present tense. So God, if God knew you before, that means he knows you now. So as they're going through their trials, their tribulations, their struggles, he's saying, look, God knows you. And the encouraging part is that God chose you. You know, I think a lot of people struggle in their faith because they they just can't believe that God would choose them knowing what they had done, uh, you know, what they've done in their past and maybe what's happening now. And he's saying, no, he... He knew you and he chose you and then he made you holy, you know, and again, that's a word that I think a lot of people struggle with the meaning of it. It just means set apart. So Mm -hmm. not only did God know you and he purposely chose you, then he set you apart and he is reminding them that their response to all of that was they obeyed. Whatever God was saying to them, they obeyed. And he says, look, you've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. So it's a really good encouragement to start off to say, you know what? You're special to God. You know, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but you're special. And so because of that, I'm praying for you, for you to have more peace and to have more grace that God would give that to you. And again, with Paul being, <clears throat> excuse me, with Peter being one of the elders of the church, you know, it's like a big brother encouraging, you know, a younger brother or a younger sister, you know, whereas Paul was more like a father. I think a lot of times Peter is maybe seen as more of, a, of an older brother. Yeah. And either way, he's still a little bit further in the faith. And I know that all of us, you know, if we're encouraged by someone who's further along in the faith, it, it, I think it carries some weight. And it's interesting <clears throat> that Peter is so compassionate in the letter because mm-hmm. this is towards the end of his life. These are like his, his dying words. This right. is what he's sending to the church as his final message. But... If you look at Peter back in his disciple days, mm-hmm. when he was with Jesus, yeah. he was short, he was impulsive, he was very focused on himself, me, me, me. Yep. And now we've seen, as he's grown in Christ, as he's received the Holy Spirit, his focus really has turned mm-hmm. to compassion and encouragement and building <clears throat> others up and putting others first. That's good. Well, and he's also an action-oriented guy. Um, there's a lot of very practical uh, mm-hmm. things that he tells us that we need to do, um, which I thought was kind of in contrast mm-hmm. to some of the things that Paul wrote, which is kind of more philosophical. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so, Josh, you were going to hit on the hope of eternal life. Yeah, so the one of the main themes in both letters of Peter is this idea of how you respond when opposition comes. How do you deal with trials? And that's what he's going to deal with. And in this first section after the introduction that you talked about in chapter 1 of 1 Peter, he makes sure that he focuses people in on the hope of the eternal promise, which is Mm -hmm. eternal life, of course. So how do we approach the trials that we're facing here on earth? In 1 Peter 1, 3 through 12, Peter is going to focus on the hope that we have when we focus on the eternal instead of the earthly. And to be mm-hmm. honest, that's something God's been putting in front of me a lot, mm-hmm. which probably means there's a message there for me. Yes. Mm-hmm. Are we focused on the eternal or are we focused on the here and now? And that's the first step towards overcoming trials. So verse 3 says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
It is by his great mercy that we are born again Mm -hmm. because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, here's the key, now we live with great expectation. That's what the NLT says. Mm -hmm. Almost every other translation, instead of we live with great expectation, says we live in our living hope. Mm-hmm. in our living hope. So do we have expectations of God? But the question is, do we have expectations for him to give us what we want? Mm-hmm. Or do we have expectations of the promise that mm-hmm. he's truly given us? That's mm-hmm. the question that's being put on the table, I think. Uh, like I said, most of the translations say living hope. But I think either way, and when I looked up the Greek, it means both. Like that you can mm-hmm. have great expectation mm-hmm. of what's coming and that you can live in hope and we face each trial with that so do we look at our trials through the lens of eternity knowing that we have victory mm-hmm. knowing that we win knowing that glory is coming or do we focus on our trials in an earthly way in which we're seeing only the circumstances that are right in front of us you know it's interesting about like you talked about both those translations there's there's Two songs that I remember. One, Great Expectations. Um, Stephen Curtis Chapman had a song back in the 90s called Great Expectations, which kind of references that. But then Phil Wickman has a song now called Living Hope. Right. And mm-hmm. so it's kind of interesting, you know, that as music um, can be used to focus us back towards what Peter is saying here. So it's interesting that those two songs exist. Yeah, and I think that it's not by mistake that those things work their way into the music of our culture mm-hmm. because that's mm-hmm. the desire. The desire is for us to have great expectation. The desire is for us to mm-hmm. have hope, but we get mired down. Yes. So it's not surprising that those right. themes would work their way into our music, right. which is where we express our emotion because that's our heart's desire, but we get we yep. get lost. Yep. You know, and we have to face things. Yep. A lot of people wrongly believe that Christianity means no trials. No, it usually means more trials, Hmm. more difficulty in life. So the promise isn't no trials here. The promise is glory and salvation there. Hmm. And then so if we skip down to verse 6, it addresses that. It says, there is wonderful joy ahead, even though we must, not might, Hmm. even though we must endure many trials for a little while. Hmm. For a little while but so so many times when we're in those circumstances we don't see it as a little while it feels sure. like it's never going to end right so can we focus on worship and the greater joy that's coming that's the question that peter is asking us can we focus on worshiping christ regardless of our circumstances in our trials and be looking forward to the joy that's coming Uh, Verse 8, we skip down, it says, Rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for our trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. Hmm. That's powerful. And then he moves into this section. I won't read it all. We we won't have time to read every verse. But he talks about how all of the prophets and all of the angels have been waiting for this age, the age that we're in right now, where we have access to these promises. And that we can claim these promises and walk through our trials with joy. Um, And then finally, that little section ends in verse 12, where it says, it is all so wonderful. Remember, he's talking about trials here. Mm -hmm. It is all so wonderful that even the angels are eagerly watching 
these things happen. Hmm. And then he transitions out of this idea of keeping focused on the eternal hope that we have into how we use that for holy living, or as you mm -hmm. called it, being set apart. How mm -hmm. do we live a life that is set apart? And I know, Doug, you had some thoughts on that. Yeah, there's so much uh, in this part of the passage that we're just going to do some some skimming. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that became clear by looking at this idea of being set apart for God is that the world naturally um, has a, a way of clouding our, our spiritual senses. Um, you guys ever been on a, a spiritual retreat, like a silent retreat? Or is that just me? <laughs> I have done one just by myself. I just went off for a day, but oh, okay. I haven't been with others doing it. There was a group of us that went off to uh, Death Valley in California mm -hmm. and um, spent a week out there in silence. Like the only time that we would speak would be to talk to God mm -hmm. sort of thing, be off separate in different places. And I'm telling you that when we came back, it was almost like the fog descended again. Because mm. during that time of silence and just, you know, just spending a time alone with God, everything came crystal clear. And um, we, we see this in this passage. It says um, in, in the ESV, it says, prepare your minds for action. Mm. Um, and uh, the, the Greek um, actually uses the word for drunkenness. So it's like when we are um, in this world, the natural state of things is almost like we're, we're kind of like in a haze, a spiritual mm -hmm. haze. So it's saying, I just want to clarify, when, when it's talking about that drunkenness, that's in reference to just living in the world. Just living in the world, mm -hmm. yes. Wow. Yeah, and that's the reason why we read, stay sober-minded. Mm. Um, you know, so we we're called to kind of rise above the that the ether that is numbing the world to to the uh, to spiritual things. So yeah, uh, Peter, um, the man of action, tells us that there's actually something that we can do in order to escape that. Um, so um, in Luke uh, twelve thirty five, it says, "Stay dressed for action, um, and keep your lamps burning." Same same kind of idea. Um, he goes on to talk about exercising self-control mm. um, and the connection between um, self-control and mental clarity is that if we're not paying attention, we're very easily going to get drawn into yep. temptation and forget that there's a battle that's going on um, for our minds. And so um, how do we, I guess this is the question, how do we detach from this kind of haze that is all around us? Um, and it's... As one version says, um, to be holy, as in holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y, holy and unchangeably focused on the grace that will be revealed on that last day, kind of as you were saying a little bit so earlier. So holy as in complete. Completely, mm -hmm. yeah. Completely focused. So try to, try to keep your, your mind focused on what is yet to come um, for us. Um, so... Um, Part of that is just, you know, meditating on that idea, reading, um, visualizing it. Um, um, and it goes on to say in verse 14 that the reason we do this is because it helps us to live as God's obedient children. 
Um, that's the whole point. So, so basically, if we're just living as the rest of the world lives, we will just naturally go toward being ineffective. Mm. And we will, we will naturally have our mind get kind of clouded by this mm-hmm. spiritual haze. Um, the other thing that he says is stand your ground. Um, don't, as it says in, uh, I think it's in verse 15, it says, don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. Um, you didn't know any better then, but now you must live holy in everything that you do, just as God who chose you is holy. Mm. Um, so again, bearing in mind that holiness is not just about living with moral purity, although that's part of it. It's about being set apart. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so uh, it goes on to have, it, it says this very confusing statement. It says that we will all be judged according to our deeds. Now, you might read that and you might think that what it's saying is, you know, just try harder to be a good person. Hmm. Um, but what it's actually saying, we, we say this a lot here at Brookwood, and that is that you will always behave according to what you actually believe. Mm-hmm. And so um, as a result, um, what will be seen by God is how we behave. Um, we're not saved by our actions, um, but it just reveals what is actually going on on the inside. Um, it goes on to say, um, uh, so you must live in reverent fear of him um, during your time as foreigners in this land. Um, for you know that God paid a ransom to save you mm. from the empty life that you inherited from your ancestors. Uh, and the ransom that he paid was not with mere gold or silver. It was with the precious blood of Christ. Mm. Um, so it's keeping our minds and our hearts focused um, with clarity is is right at the heart of what we need to do. And then it ends this section by uh, saying that basically our lives should reflect um, what we believe. Um, I'm summarizing everything here. Mm-hmm. Um, so show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Um, love each other deeply with all of your heart um, for you have been born again. Mm. But not to a life um, that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living word of God. So um, what I gathered, and I'm, I'm sure that everyone, as they're meditating on some of the things that they're reading, they will, they'll, God, God's spirit will reveal different parts. But what really came through to me was the fact that we need a way to escape from this fog um, and it's in doing that that we can actually live as God has called us to. That's good. It, it reminds me a lot of um, Dr. Kurt Thompson who says, you know, um, pay attention to what you're paying attention to. Yes. You know, and sometimes when we're in that fog, we're not we're not really paying attention to anything. We're just kind of going, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like uh, people sometimes will be driving and then they're home. And they're like, oh, my gosh, I wasn't even paying attention you know, because they kind of drift off. And like you said, that fog or that malaise is there, whereas I think Peter is is doing the equivalent of, in an encouraging way, shaking us by our shoulders and saying there's a lot to be 
grateful for. There's a mm-hmm. lot of positive things going on, like what Josh talked about when Josh said, look, there's eternal life. There's a hope there. But like what you're saying, Doug, is he's saying, but you've, you've got to put action yep. to that promise that God has given you. That's exactly right. You yep. know? And I like that phrase that he uses of, or the idea of not living the empty life that mm. you've inherited from your ancestors. Yes. Yeah. Because I think that's what a lot of us do. We sure. rattle around in an empty life mm. looking for meaning that's been passed down by mm. man. Yep. When really yes. we need to be focused on the promise that he's given us for eternity. Exactly. And I'm always drawn to what you said. I think you said it on one of the podcasts before, or maybe you said it in the office one day, that when we get in Revelation and we get to heaven, that Jesus is going to call us by our true name. Right. Yes. You know, and all of this will be gone. Yeah. But But what our true name is, is what he says. And so it kind of goes along with what Peter's saying in that, hey, you've God knew you, he chose you, he loved you, he set you apart, he's, he's given you eternal life, and he's also, as Peter is telling us, he's given us ways to, um, to live that out mm-hmm. so that we're not rattling around, that we're not in a malaise. Yeah, so I hope those of you who are listening that that's an encouragement to you as you take a look at, you know, just one chapter. You know, we just did chapter one of First Peter. So uh, we look forward to uh, continuing that. And we'll next week we'll talk about um, uh, chapters two and three. And so um, uh, be in prayer that we can concisely do that in a short period of time because <laughs> there's a lot of information there. But uh, we trust that God will kind of guide us and lead us through that. Josh, will you close us in prayer? Absolutely. Thank you, sir. Father God, we just thank you for the opportunity to be here. We thank you for your word and for our ability to have access to your word without fear of persecution. Lord, we know that that's not true in much of the world, in many parts of the world. So I pray that as we walk through these letters that you had Peter write, that we would hear your voice, that we would experience you in a way that we are changed and that we live a life of purpose based on knowing that you have set us apart for meaning, for purpose, for a reason, and help us to reframe our trials uh, in a way that we see them through the lens of eternity rather than the now. We give you praise in your name. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Care Ministries podcast from Brookwood Church. If you'd like more information about today's topic or you need support, you can call us at 864-688-8355. You can also learn more about Care Ministries by visiting www.brookwoodchurch.org care. And make sure to check out all of our upcoming events and support groups on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash brookwoodcare. We'd love to be an encouragement to you as we walk together in a healing relationship with Christ. Until next time, God bless. All right, Josh. So this is the uh, the intro. Hopefully, I'll I'll get this down on the first take. <laughs> good luck. Hey, yes, God. that's a good yeah. one. The letters of Peter that come from Peter, uh, one of the. Uh, <laughs> now I'm going to hear myself say, "Uh." You, you the guys... letters from Peter that come from Peter were written uh, by Peter. Yes. <clears throat> Contain yeah. Peter's message. <laughs>